What's up, everybody? I appreciate you tuning into the Mental Vitamins Podcast, hosted by myself, Mike D. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you can find the podcast. In this episode, I'm interviewing former Wake Forest Demon Deacon Amari Henderson alongside a friend, former Garden Web Bulldog, and special guest co-host Kyle Horton. Hope you enjoyed the episode. What's going on, everybody? We appreciate you tuning into the Mental Vitamins Podcast. Today, uh, we got a very special guest. A local legend, if you have it, Mr. Amari Henderson. Uh, Amari, we appreciate you coming on the show, man, as our, as our first guest. Me, man. Yeah, man. It. This, is, uh, this, is, this is cool. We've been working for this moment, and to have you on as first guest means a lot to us, man, which you're coming from the city, man. So we appreciate it. So let's go ahead and jump in. Um, Amari, uh, for those who don't know Amari Henderson, uh, very, very highly recognized football player in the area, came from uh, State Powerhouse High School, Mallet Creek High School. I'm um, just going to rattle off this long list of accolades that we got here um, just to show you all how serious and how good Amari is um, at the game of football. So in high school, 2014 and 15 state champion, 2015 state champion defensive player of the game, 2015 all-state recognition, 2015 all-conference player, 2015 Charlotte Observer defensive player of the year, received your first offer your sophomore year from Charlotte, um, with along with several other offers, including ECU, Penn State, Notre Dame, Kansas State, Miami, Ohio, Kentucky, Charlotte, UMass, Georgia Tech, and the school you ended up committing to, which is Wake Forest University. Yep. Uh, y'all know you're going to throw Go Deeks in there for him? Yeah, man. Go Deeks, man. Go Deeks. <laughs> Deacon Nation, stand up. So when we get to college, all ACC freshman team, which is great. ACC ball, as we know, is, is great football. Yep. Um, yeah, some great teams in ACC, so that's awesome for your freshman year. Um, three-time pro football focus team of the week, second in interceptions in the ACC your senior season, mm-hmm. ranked number three in Wake Forest history in pass breakups, yeah. NFLPA Bowl invitee, four-year starter, and currently mm-hmm. an undrafted free agent to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, that's yeah. awesome. Congratulations, yeah. man. That, man. Um, I know you report really soon, so we're yeah. definitely going to be rooting for you. I'm going to go out there and get your spot, man. Stay healthy. Go get it. Okay, so we got the accolades. We see everything you've done, but how how have you got there? What what led you to get into football? What age did you start football? Um, and what what made you ultimately fall in love with the game? Well, for me, um, you know, my dad he started having me playing soccer at first. Like I played soccer, then um, I started playing a little flag football. He was actually the coach, and um, since then he he knew I was competitive and. You know, I always had a, a passion for the game because we always used to watch football together. He was a Cleveland Browns fan, so we always used to watch the Browns growing up every Sunday, me and my little brother. But I started playing a game of football at the age of four. Started off playing flag football. Then I started playing tackle football around like five. The first team I played for was the Miami Hurricanes. And I'm actually playing wide out and cornerback. And I've just been playing that throughout all my years. Then when I finally got to high school in Mellow Creek, uh, the coach was like, son, what you want to play, man? You want to play wide out or you want to play corner? I was like, man, I just want to play corner. He was like, all right, from now on, you just want to play strictly corner. Mm-hmm. So I stuck with that, man, and um, and it looked like it's been doing doing me well, man. It turned out pretty good for me, so that's how I started playing football. Right. So when you said receiver and corner, you said when you got to Mallet Creek and you decided to decide on corner, was it more of a snap decision or were there some things you weighed in your mind like, okay, you know, do I want to score? Do I want to make picks? Do I want to see? Because, you know, a lot of people think mm-hmm. in football, oh, people who score get the most camera time. Like, right. you don't get to see a lot of, yeah. a ton of interceptions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what helps you calculate that decision? Like, for me, like, my favorite player growing up was, I mean, everybody loves and idolized primetime, Deion Sanders. And I was just, like, looking at him, I was like, dang, man, like, 
to see him, the plays he made, the things he did for that position. I was like, man, I want to be something like him, something like that, be something like him. And we had a whole bunch of athletes on the team, and I didn't want to, like, share the ball or be like, man, I ain't getting the ball this game, or they ain't really throwing me the ball. I ain't got to worry about that playing defense. I can just line up and shut the best wide receiver on the other opposing team down and just have fun with that. That's I had fun doing that, just guarding the best wide receivers and shutting them down. Right. I mean, that makes sense because, I mean, when you're a corner, you're virtually on an island. It's yeah. you and someone else's head-to-head. Yeah. So, you know, sure. yeah. if you make a play, all eyes are on you yeah. in that moment because right. it was you and that guy. So, okay, I get it. That makes sense yeah. in line with what you yeah. were saying earlier about yeah. you being a competitor. Cool. Okay, let's go back to high school football. Um, obviously had a lot of success, Malachi High School. Mm-hmm. What what did your college, I mean, excuse me, what did your high school career look like? Starting from, um, know you had an injury your freshman year to ultimately being mm-hmm. um, the Charlotte Observer Defensive Player of the Year your senior year. What, what was that process like? All right, so for me, my freshman year, like I said, I played wide out and corner for a little bit. So um, I also did some punt returning and some, some returning stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, my freshman year, it was a punt return, caught the ball, I tried to reverse fields, and I ended up slipping, trying to reverse fields, trying to put my hand down to break my fall or try to catch myself, and um, ended up breaking my wrist my freshman year. I played JV my freshman year. Then, um, you know, coming back into my sophomore year, after breaking my wrist, I kind of felt like I was going to be on JV again. So during the whole spring, you know, while working out, doing, you know, the uh, workouts and stuff on the field and doing the workouts in the weight room, uh, coach Palmer, our high school head coach, and he was like, man, we're going to be leaning on you this year. We need you this year. So I was shocked that I was actually, you know, getting moved up to varsity, knowing that I broke my wrist my, uh, my freshman year playing JV ball. Right. And, um, man, we playing big-time game, man. We played Butler, Butler High School. And if you're from Charlotte, you, everybody know that Butler that year was, was yeah, was yeah. the real deal. They had some, some wideouts on the team, uh, quarterback, Raleigh Ferguson, Pretty much the whole team was a D1, like, D1 talent on their team. Right. And uh, I didn't even know I was going to play that game. Come halftime, coach was like, hand you in. First possession of me being on the field, man, I get an interception. Mm-hmm. I returned it to the crib. Referee said I stepped out of bounds. But, man, that, that that really just opened my eyes for me. It was like, man, I can actually, like, play with these dudes. And that just gave me the confidence to, to get where I got to my senior year and to just be able to just ball out and, just make plays, make things happen. Right. So I, taking the takeaway from that is sometimes like when we have things in life that we're not sure about, mm-hmm. it's just best to just jump in head first yeah. and, and you know yeah. rely on your training right. to go. Because I feel like there's a lot of things in life that people prepare for, mm-hmm. and then when the moment gets there, they shy away. Yeah. And it sounds like when you got to that moment, you just you know yeah. relied on your training yeah. and you just jumped yeah. in, and and the, and the success came as a result of that. Mm-hmm. You you leaned on what was uh, yeah. what was ingrained in you. Yeah, exactly. um, so that's and that's just a, a life lesson takeaway in general, mm-hmm. which is why. But outside of football in general, I love sports because sports teaches you so many life lessons, man. Yeah. Like, it's literally the epitome. If yeah. you, especially football, if you get knocked down, get back up. Right. You do, you literally yeah. do up down yeah. drills. Like, yeah. you get knocked yeah. down, you get right back yeah. up. No matter how yeah. tired you are, mm-hmm. no matter what's going on, you know how much pain you're in and whatnot. So yeah. that's a, that's an awesome story. Like I, said, I didn't for those who were listening, I didn't go to Mallory Creek High mm-hmm. School. Um, so I don't know. I went to Lake Norman Charter down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I met these guys later on outside of um, high school, um, become close with them. But I don't know these stories. So for you guys hearing for the first time, I'm hearing for the first time as well. So mm-hmm. it's definitely cool to, to sit beside you and you know hear these stories for the first time. Yep. Yep. Um, so just really going back to high school as well. Um, after your sophomore year, you know things were looking up. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that because, like you said, you weren't really didn't know you were going to play that game. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, God didn't have some success. 
uh, finished out your sophomore year strong, ultimately what got your first offer your tenth grade yeah. year? What going into your your tenth grade, going into your eleventh grade year? What was your mindset like? Um, how how after you got that first offer, what what was your mindset like for the rest of your your uh, high school career after that? So my mindset, man, I was just you know I'm a I'm a very ambitious dude. So once I got that first offer, I was just like, man, I want more. Like I was pretty much doing everything I, I needed to do to enhance my my playing level. You know, whether that was on or off the field. Like being in the weight room, just studying dudes, making sure I was just on my p's and q's with a lot of things, man. Because like like I said before, like I wasn't really sure if I was gonna play my sophomore year, but just me making plays and on the ball and just making plays my sophomore year gave me that confidence and just having dudes just being in my ear just uplifting me up that really just helped me you know boost my boost my boost my confidence as well mm-hmm. so just going into my 11th grade year man I just wanted to prove myself like look like I, I really do belong here and I I'm a top tier player like right. I'm one of the top dudes in the state so right. I just wanted to prove that to everybody else because I knew within I had it so I just wanted to prove myself right also it just prove everybody else wrong okay so you definitely had a lot of success um in high school Ultimately, on signing day, you chose Wake Forest University. Um, just speak on some of the schools you were weighing at the time, uh, any official visits you took, and why you chose Wake Forest. Right. Yeah, Wake Forest, man, it was it was clear cut for me. Um, you know, the coaches, they was really, uh, you know, on me. They communicated with me every day, and that's what you want as a as a player, like a high school player. Like the the offers, they cool. Like getting them big schools, they cool. But you really want to go to a school who really want you, and um. Wake Forest, they they really stressed that to me. Um, I, I talked to the DB coach, Coach Jackson, at the time. Uh, pretty much talked to him every day for like 30 minutes on the phone, and it wasn't even just about football. We talked about life too, and that's what you want as a, as a player. Like it was more than football, and that's what he stressed to me. So it was pretty much clear cut for me that Wake was the only school that I took like my official visit on. All the other schools I didn't I didn't take no official visits. Uh, Kentucky was one of the uh, other schools I was thinking about going to, um, Penn State, another school I was thinking about going to, but Wake Forest was clear cut for me, man. I wanted, first and foremost, it's, it's close to home. It's only an hour away in Winston, so mm-hmm. I'll be able to come home, you know, see my, my family, and my family can come to all the games if they want to. Then um, uh, Wake Forest is a, a really good academic school, right. so like I said before, it's not a, just about football for me. You know, life. I was thinking about life after football, and I know getting an education and a degree from there was, was going to hold some weight. Then uh, just being in the ACC, man, you know, right. playing teams like Clemson, Florida State every year, just be able to just go against those those teams every year, man. You just want to see where you match up at, like see see what kind of talent you have lining up against dudes who go to Florida State and Clemson. So that was pretty much why I, I chose Wake, for real, for real. Cool. So just to uh, branch off from that real quick, mm-hmm. I noticed you said that, you know, having all the big schools that were um, recruiting you and, you know, looking at you mm-hmm. you were saying how you went to weight because it was the best fit yeah. um and you know me being a former college athlete as well mm-hmm. I, I agree and i i wholeheartedly agree with that because mm-hmm. i feel like um and not just athletics but in general when we attack things in life when we have opportunities a lot of people want to go with the opportunities that have the big brand names right. just because of how it how it sounds yeah. to everybody but yeah. you have to go somewhere where they want you yeah. where you know That's it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship right. where you're scratching their back and they're scratching your back at the same time because are, those are normally the best relationships and outcomes that you can put yourself in mm-hmm. um like you said, you could have easily went to like a, a Penn State or a Kentucky, you know, just because that sounds nicer. Yeah, but sounds you ultimately yeah. went to Wake Forest and made the best of your opportunity right. because it was your best fit. Right. So, yeah. you know, people might get offered 
jobs coming out of college. They mm -hmm. might say they, they can go work for Google, they can go work for Amazon, or they can work for a small corporation in their town that's mm -hmm. going to pay them more, there's more room to grow, but right. they might settle. And it doesn't sound like settling at first because, right. you know, it's Google, it's Amazon, I yeah. work here. But you might settle because you might get there. You might not like the location. You may not like the people you work with. Whereas when you are when you go to that small town, uh, I mean, sorry, that, that smaller corporation you might work for that doesn't have that brand name, you're able to thrive and use your gifts appropriately in the right realm to, in order to get to where you want to go and make your make your, uh, make your your dreams come, come true. So yeah. um, I'm glad you definitely touched on that about going to the best fit and – this is like definitely a, a great story right. um, to see, like I said, all the success yeah. you've had and for you to capitalize on the opportunity. Yeah. So that's cool. Appreciate that. For sure, for sure. And, and it, with the success you've had, um, obviously everything has not been, you know, kosher. Um, it's been bumps in the road, um, sure. you know, sure. in life, in sports. Um, sure. And I feel like life, I mean, in sports prepares you for life. Um, obviously right. in sports, there's a lot of things that will not go your way. Um, there's things that you can't control ultimately. Uh, just speak on the biggest obstacle you faced and how you overcame this. Uh, this could be sports-related or life-related. Right. I think the, biz the biggest obstacle that I faced was my freshman year coming in. You know, um, me <clears throat> me coming in, I felt like uh, I really had a good shot to not redshirt. And obviously, I, I wasn't supposed to redshirt that, that year. Mm -hmm. But due to, like, some hamstring injuries I, I faced in uh, fall camp, mm -hmm. kind of derailed me. And um, that, it kind of hindered me a little bit because I, I never were, was injured. I never got injured before. Mm -hmm. And I never had a year where I didn't play football. Like, right. I was playing for a team at that point in time where I knew I could have contributed it and um, helped the team out. But me being on the sideline, uh, you know, kind of kind of messed with me a little bit. Right. Um, it really, it really hit, hit me hard because it would be times I sit in my room, I'd be like, damn, I should be playing. And, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's just one of the obstacles that I faced. It was just a whole lot of stuff going on. It, it got to the point where I was thinking about transferring. Right. I was oh, thinking wow. about not playing. I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't really. I lost a little bit of love for the game, bro. For sure. Keep it a book. Like, I lost a little bit of love for the game. For sure. It's because like, I never I never, never felt like that before. I was like, damn. It's my first year not being able to play the game, not right. being able to play football. Like, I'm just being pretty much a bystander, like a cheerleader on the sideline right. pretty much. Right. Well, I know I can – you know, I can work and contribute to the team, but, you know, it, I kind of just took it with a grain of salt and um, just used that opportunity to just get better, um, mm -hmm. learn the playbook, you know, get get in bigger, better shape, get bigger, get stronger, right. get faster. And that's what you're supposed to do when you get red-shirted. I kind of just took it like that and just got better throughout the whole process of me being red-shirted. So right. that was, I think that was my biggest obstacle. Right. So you used mm -hmm. that that time um, that time where you weren't able to contribute mm -hmm. to the team, you yeah. contributed to yourself so yeah. you could later on contribute yeah. to the team, mm -hmm. which is the essence yeah. of everything. You use that, that downtime yeah. to make yourself better because I think when people normally get uh, denied or they have a reason they can't do mm -hmm. something that they love, yeah. like you said, they go through those moments of losing yeah. losing passion for what it is or, yeah. or feeling like that may not be their calling, but sometimes yeah. that's not it. Sometimes yeah. that's an opportunity that you're being given to yeah. work on yourself so that way when you do jump back into things, yeah. you're able to contribute at a high level. And that's that's in, li that's in life in general. Like don't, don't ever let anybody tell you right. that you're not able to come back and do something because right. you clearly can if you put your, if you put yeah. your mind to it. Like, you know, everybody sees a picture mm -hmm. um, that floats around about the success mm -hmm. iceberg, how mm -hmm. the iceberg is massive, but the, the tip of the iceberg is success and mm. underneath it is everything you had to go through right right it's everything you had to go through that's so that's what it was for me like when i first got registered i didn't look at the big picture you right know what i'm saying i didn't look at it it's like 
Okay, really, you can just use this time to get healthy, get your hamstring right, learn the playbook, um, know what you need to do off the field, get acclimated, you know, with, with schoolwork. Because, I mean, coming from high school, going to college, you ain't used to doing all this schoolwork. Got study hall, you got tutoring, you got meetings, you got lifts in the morning, you got meetings, all type of stuff, man. So it kind of helped me get acclimated to that. So, it, like I said, man, it was pretty much a blessing in the sky for me. Right. So, at first, I was like, I, I, I neglected it a little bit. I was like, mm, I don't really want to get redshirted because I know I can play. Like I know I can, I know what I can do. Because at the time, at that time being before I got hurt, I was running with the ones. Like I was starting. Like coaches telling me, like, yeah, like we're gonna, we gonna, we're not gonna redshirt you. You're gonna start. Then mm-hmm. like a week before the first game, man, I pulled my hamstring. I remember the exact play. Mm-hmm. Um, receiver was running the post, and I'm running with him, and I felt it I, at first because I never had pulled anything before. I thought it was just a cramp. Cause that's what it feel like. I feel like a real bad cramp, man. It just it didn't go away. I was like, man, something wrong with my hamstring. And, and uh, the trainer put me to the side. He was like, yeah, you probably pulled it. Right. So, yeah, man, that's what happened. So, it, yeah, like I said, man, it kind of derailed me. Um, you know, I lost a little love for the game because I, I was just, you know, in my feelings a little bit. But right. looking at the big picture, man, I, I'm kind of excited that uh, that 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 happened. Cool. Um, for sure. I I definitely want to um use that to ask another question so it sounds like when you got to that point it wasn't more of self-doubt it was more of i know i can jump in there and do something you definitely weren't doubting yourself you were saying i can jump in and contribute you just weren't physically able to contribute so this is me being a competitor that's that's right right um so in a moment so is there are there any moments where you were able to contribute and maybe you didn't do as well as you wanted to, and you might have doubted yourself in the process, uh, whether it be high school or college. Like maybe there's a big game you were preparing for, mm-hmm. and you had a game plan going in, and then as soon as you got out there, you didn't perform nearly as well as you as you wanted to. Yeah, um, yeah I got a funny story. So uh, my red shirt freshman year, this is my first year I'm actually able to play. We played Indiana. We played a away game at Indiana. First play of the game, they threw a, a, a dig route to my receiver. And uh, he scored on the first play of the game, man. And I was like, dang. Man, I was like, dang. Like, we knew the first play. We knew the exact play that was going to run the first first play of the game. Because, we, you know, we do film study. So, we was, I was like, man, I know they're going to run a dig. Burr ran a dig. And he was that, he was his last read. The quarterback mm-hmm. was looking, looking. Oh, he did a check it, down yeah, on you. He threw, he threw it a lot because I slipped out my break. And I tried to, try to dive for the ball to get a PBU. And I miss him, bro. Just. Scored. I was kind of like off and on that whole game, man. It was just playing like a Big Ten team. I was like, man, those crowds be big, bro. Like you walk into the stands, you like, oh. So you, I, I was like, dang, bro. Like I'm really out here. Mm-hmm. Then they they bombed me the first play, bro. Bro, caught the dig, ran off. Then like the next possession, I I get a tip and uh my roommate Jesse, mm-hmm. he caught a pick, bro. My my dog had like two picks that game. Off mm-hmm. me getting tip passes, like getting mm-hmm. a PBU or whatever. Right. So, um, yeah, I was kind of off and on on that game. But after that game, man, I just laughed. I was like, dang, but I kind of bounced back after that game. So. Right. But you knew what it felt like yeah, to be, yeah. you know what I'm I saying, down there. Like right. Down. I was like, I don't like that. So. <laughs> right. I was like, man, I don't, don't want to feel like that no more. Especially playing DB, it's going to happen. You're going to get beat. Right. Especially playing, you know, DB, it's just you got to bounce back. You got to have that next play mentality. Right. And I kind of just was telling myself that. Then my teammates was uplifting. He was like, man, you good, man. Like, 
Right. You know, I, plus I know what type of player I am too. So it's just like, man, I, I know I can compete. I know I can. I'm in position. I just it's this little stuff I gotta tone down on. Right. Tone up on actually. Right. Which is crucial. Like you have to. And I, I think, and this this is a you know mm-hmm. that story was a great to the to the point of you have to fail. Mm-hmm. You have to know what it feels like to fail. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you know failure is your, your best teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And especially. <laughs> The first play of the game. Of the game <laughs> I'm talking about like out the gate, like you, you're. I mean, you're fresh. You're fresh as a daisy. First play of the game. I mean, fr- first series you coming out. Right, as first, de- first team defense on the field. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? You're ready to go. Know, then yeah. first, first play you get. First play. Mm. I'm like, bro, it's about to be a long game. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's about to be a long game. I'm getting boned on first play. I'm like, come on. Right. Man, right. Man, right. Going down like that. Though. So speaking, speaking to sports. Um, I feel like sports is definitely physical, mm-hmm. but also uh. People, some people don't really understand the mental behind sports. So, um, so and, and, and right, on. right, right. And so going going through the ups and downs of sports, mm-hmm. um, just speak towards how having an active support system behind you mm-hmm. um, is definitely key. Just just speak towards like you know some 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 positive messages you've heard or yeah. times in your life where you've been going through it mentally. Yeah, um, I got a great story for that. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and somebody just picked you up, uh, shot you some some good motivation right? Um, and got you back on track. Just speak to that a little bit. So, man, I got this one story, man. It sticks out with me all the time. So, like I was saying, like when I got redshirted my freshman year, you know, I was kind of I was kind of down, you know, just being redshirted. And plus, you know, I never had no no, no injury. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my dad called me. He, he know I was feeling, you know, some type of way about getting redshirted. Because mm-hmm. me and him would talk because, you know, during the whole camp, I uh, call him after every practice, like, yeah, dad, had a great practice. Like, they mm-hmm. telling me I'm going to play, like, I'm going to start. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Then with that whole injury that happened, now I'm, like, getting redshirted. So, and everything kind of just crashed in on me mm-hmm. at that point in time. So, you know, uh, I call him one day. He was like, how you feeling, son? I'm like, pops, for real, for real, I don't really feel too good. Like, I'm kind of down right now. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Winston ain't nothing but like a 45 to an hour drive from Charlotte. So that night, my dad drove all the way from Charlotte to Winston that night, just chopped it up with me, like face to face. Right. So we went to go eat, chop it up. He was like, son, like my dad, he's been through a lot of stuff in his life. So just hearing it from him, you know, it's firsthand experience. Like I, I can see it with my own eyes. Like right. you can bounce back from anything. Like that's now, look, now looking back at it, I was like, bro, that's minor. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Especially opposed to what he's been through. So. And he was like, son, man, you're gonna go through things in life. It's gonna it's gonna look bad, it's gonna it's gonna be down on you, but you know, you gotta be a man and look yourself in the mirror and just pick yourself up. But it's even better because you got people who love you and you got a support system right. to help you, you know, get up. So right. man, just hearing hearing what he had to tell me, man, just all the stories he, he was telling me, man, it, it really lifted me up, bro. So just having a support system like that, especially come from your from your dad, bro. Right. You know, we blessed to have I'm blessed and we all blessed to have our dads, you know, around and be able right. to, you know, for sure. Tell us and uplift us right. and stuff like that, bro. So, you know, I, I, I really am thankful for that. So Yeah, yeah that's that's huge. Um, yeah. like Kyle said, a lot of people just think sports is just the physical yeah. piece, but if yeah. you mentally aren't prepared, no matter yeah. how talented you are, you're not gonna get it done. Yeah, yeah you're you're not gonna get yeah, it done. It's, it's all mental, bro. And uh, kudos to you too for for leaning on your support system mm-hmm. because there are people yeah. out here who have 
all the talent, all the resources, yeah. and have a support system, but yeah. they're afraid to use it, and yeah. they squander yeah. their opportunity or their talents because yeah. they, they become so prideful, right. you know, like, yeah. I made it here by myself, I don't need anybody's help, or, you know, there's nothing that you can tell me, you haven't been here, maybe they haven't been there before, right. but maybe there's another view that they have that yeah. they can, you know, shed light on That's to right. help you get through your opportunity, because mm-hmm. um, your, your dad's not out there on mm-hmm. Saturdays, you yeah. know, Mm-hmm. Going through, uh, yeah. you know, going through games and right. lifting and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. but he's been through somewhat of a similar experience yeah. where he might have been in a mm-hmm. mental pitfall himself yeah. and how he dug himself out, you yeah. know. So it's kudos to you for leaning on it. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, Everybody what I'm saying. Everybody can connect to it. Everybody right. go through stuff, so it's, it's all the same. Right, right. for sure, for yeah. sure. So it's definitely important, um, especially when you're going through something. Just speaking on the mental aspect, don't hold it in. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You might not want to open up to everybody, but don't confine. You know what I mean? Don't hold that inside. You know yeah. what I mean? I really like. I really believe in have somebody or a group of friends or something mm-hmm. that you can really speak to, um, and kind of just you know talk it out, man. Because yeah. um, you know the mental health is yeah. definitely real, man. Most definitely, uh, that built up that you can't you can't yeah, let stuff that's real stay in. You gotta let it go. Yeah. You know whether you journal or just like you said, talk to somebody mm-hmm. close to you. Right. For sure. Because right. I mean, at any given point, man, you can just right. You know lash out but you don't don't want to do that right right Right. and what in essence of that too if you're sometimes you know you're the recipient of the active support system Mm -hmm. but i feel like things come full circle you also need to be that person that reaches out to people and be their support system because they might need you at some point Mm -hmm. and the story that you're going through now they'll use later um and it could just be something simple like i know before some of your games like i would just shoot you a text like hey bro like Mm -hmm. good luck today you know what i'm saying do your thing but like yeah man no doubt and i know like obviously you got other things on your mind Mm -hmm. or whatnot but and you may not be able to get to me right then you know it may be a couple days whatever it is Mm -hmm. i know you got things going on but you just never know the impact it's gonna have like that might you know just uplift that person in that moment right right you know you got somebody in your corner right for sure really care for you but really genuinely care for you checking up on you. Bro. Right, because what goes it. around definitely yeah. goes around, man. Like, you can you can lean on a support system at the same mm-hmm. time, but if you're not supporting anybody, you're going to mm-hmm. see your support system fall because right. they're going to say, I'll, you know, I only... That person only, you know, hits me up when they when they need something or, you know, mm-hmm. they only lean on me, but they're not willing to offer that same support. So you have to definitely put that yeah. um, positivity back into other people as well because if people didn't feed it into you, right. you know, you may not be where you are. Right. Um, so with that being said, it's definitely time for you to choose your most important mental vitamin, man. So we got the mm-hmm. four. I'm going to remind you, you got the four. Faith, yep. discipline, vision, and strength, man. And mm-hmm. those can be relatable for you. Can, you can toss them around however you want to in terms of, you know, Strength isn't always physical. Strength mm. can be mental. Mm-hmm. You know, vision isn't always just what you see with your eyes, but it's also yeah. envisioning yeah. what, you know, the future holds for you. Yeah. Your discipline, whether it comes to getting to class, you know, mm. at, uh, you know, being at practice on time, those yeah. small things that add up, and then just your faith. Mm. Um, I know you're a Christian. Yeah. I know you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I believe we all are here. So um, your faith definitely plays a big role, too. But I'm going to stop there and let mm. you pick your, your favorite mental vitamin, man. I'll, I'll go to go with faith, man. Um my dad pretty much instilled that into me when I was young, man. Like I said, he's been through a lot. So, you know, with having faith, man, and just believing in the man upstairs, bro, like a lot of that stuff that he was going through, um, just having faith kind of helped him out. And he pretty much just stressed that to me whenever I was going through stuff, man, just always, you know, lean on the person next to you, but also lean up to the man upstairs, to the man upstairs too. So, right. Faith is, is very big for me, man. Like, before every practice, before every game, you know, I, I kind of isolate myself and just, you know, have a word with God, you know, just asking for guidance. Um, 
God's going to put his hands over me, watch over me. Not just me, but, you know, the people dear to me, like my family, my friends. So faith for me is, is definitely, you know, number one on that list. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know before my games, mm -hmm. um, I would do the same thing, yeah. man, because it's just yeah. you can get wrapped up in success so quick that you forget about who got you mm -hmm. in the first place. Yeah. So that's the main thing, right. just giving credit to him, knowing that none of this is possible yeah, sure. without him, Most for sure, man. Yeah. Like my dad, he was the uh, pretty So my first tattoo... I got a Bible scripture on my chest, Peter 4.16, and I reached out to him, and um, he pretty much just put out his whole blueprint on what it what it was for him, like what it meant to him, and um, I put it on my chest. If you don't know what Peter 4.16 is, is uh, yet if any man suffers as a Christian, don't let him be ashamed, but glorify God on his behalf, like for that. With that being said, like for me, like don't be, don't be ashamed of what you're going through, like whether it's bad, ugly, or good, don't be ashamed of what you're going through, like. Don't be ashamed. Like glorify God with with everything that you're going through. Like it can be bad, good. Like glorify Him. Like love Him through whatever. Right. There's a saying? purpose and a yeah, plan it's for a it all. For everything that goes on. So yeah. So pivoting to a, um, I guess it could be a more comical topic. Um, you spoke on your Indiana play. Yeah. What What was your first? Okay, going back to goals for. Okay, coming off of coming off a of, uh, senior year. Two-time state champion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Charlotte Observer Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. You going in? You going into college? You know what I'm saying? You the man. Mm -hmm. You the man, right? Cooling. Right. Cooling. Swag daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Rico. You know me. Okay. A four hand. Thumbs so down. What, what do was it. your first college wake up call? What was the What was the the moment? You know what I mean? You was on the field, weight room, meetings. What was the moment where you was like, okay? Yeah, this is real. Like, I, I really got humbled. Like, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Oh, Let's work. Man. You know what I mean? What was the oh. first? What was the first? The first thing like? First, first hit, first route, first, first throw, first maybe the first big time receiver where you know what I'm saying like oh, this like oh, oh this oh, dude right oh, here is legit. Oh, oh gate man, we played Clemson. The year they won uh, the national championship, they had Mike Mike Williams okay. on their team. They had um, yeah, of course Deshaun Watson on their team. Man, they came, they played us at home. Played them, uh, yeah, we played them at home. And uh, I was lined up with man, press man against Mike Williams. I'm a freshman at the time, so mm -hmm. I'm like, damn, man. that's a big dude Ooh, too. A big dude <laughs> right here, so, you know what I'm saying? It's a big dude. So first they try to throw a fade the first time. Uh, I, I broke it up, and I was like, man, I knew they gonna, I know they're gonna come back to it. Mm -hmm. Man, next play, Sean Watson throw that thing. That boy Mike Doug caught it over his shoulder like this. I'm trying to break it up. I'm falling on the ground and stuff, <laughs> turf in my face. I'm like, come on, man. Like I knew, I knew they were gonna do that play, but I was like, damn, bro. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Like, I'm, I'm right. with the big guys now. Right. You feel me? Like, Coach Elko, man, the, D, the DC at the time, man, he was like. Man, this game got a funny way to humble you, bro. Like, and that stuck with me all the time. Like, you can be on your high, like on your high horse, bro. Then the next game, bro, you can drop down. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, for for me, that was that was the time. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm in college. It's college ball now. This ain't no high school stuff. Like, I can't do none of that stuff I did in high school, college. Sure. Bro. So, sure. yeah. Okay, speaking on that was the the, the wake up call. Mm -hmm. Um, over your five years at Wake, what was the the best experience football wise? What was that moment where you like, okay, I'm I'm league ready, like I'm about to go to the league, like it's no question. Like, oh, what was that? What off, was that game? Off top, man, senior year, my NC State game, bro. I should have had like four picks that game, right, bro. Right. Drop one, 
other one I didn't get my foot in bounds. Then I, I had two more, man. But had two picks that game. I was pretty mm -hmm. much just shutting the whole whole field down that game. But right. I, I got into I got in the zone, man. That when I'm in that zone, bro, I feel like I can guard anybody, bro. Mm -hmm. And I I got in that zone pretty early, bro. So mm -hmm. that was the game. I was like, yeah, bro, it, it's time, bro. It's time. And that and that's crazy because so that exact game, I actually well, that's Saturday morning. I actually mm -hmm. woke up late, right? Mm -hmm. I knew what time the game was. Woke up late. Cool, whatever. As soon as I turn on the TV, soon soon as I turn, Lord is my witness. Lord is my witness. As soon as I turn on the TV, my friend was at the game. My friend, shout out Trey Lucas. He was at the game. He had texted me. He was like, yeah, I'm out here. Da, da, da. Cool. I said, bro, I, I prompt Lord strike me if I'm lying. I said, I said, bro, lock in. My boy about to get a pick. As soon as I shot the text, pick. Thumbs down. That boy's going crazy. Yeah, as soon as I turned the game on, shot the text, pick. So I'm like, okay, he on something. He on something. Right. Then he got another one. I know it's over with. Right. <laughs> it's over with. Should have had another one. Yeah, yeah, bro. Because I, I turned into that game, too. Oh, and the man. one you didn't get your foot in bounds, bro. Yeah. Like, And it's crazy because like, when you... When you're cool with people, like mm. their successors, you feel like they're your successors yeah, too. Right, I'm, in, right. I'm in the house, like, like I got a pick. Yeah, like, I'm, run, yeah. I'm running, I'm running <laughs> circles on the house. Bro. Me too. That's like, oh, like I'm like they reviewing the play. I'm like, bro, they, they gotta give him the, they gotta give him the pick. He stepped out of bounds. I'm yeah. like, man, like Amari went okay, crazy. After that game, bro, I went straight to my phone. My phone blowing up. I'm mentioning all on top of stuff on the ground. I'm looking mm -hmm. at Twitter. Phone blowing up with text messages. I'm like, damn, bro, like feel good. Bro. Right. Feel good. But you, but the everything that you shared. Leading up to this point mm -hmm. in, on on the podcast yeah. mm -hmm. about you know getting hurt mm -hmm. and you know yeah. uh, being redshirted yeah. moments like that mm -hmm. is when you appreciate yeah. everything you've yeah. been through. Yeah. That's like we were saying, yeah. your journey mm -hmm. is your journey for yeah. a reason. Don't yeah. ever try to be anybody. You know, yeah. try to be on the same as anyone exactly. else's wave. Like mm -hmm. be your own person when you're attacking right. your goals yeah. and doing your dreams. Yeah. Because if you would try to be like somebody else on a team right. or you know take someone else's style, right. you yeah, may not. not yeah, you wouldn't yeah, be the corner you are now, right? You know what I'm saying? So. Even even to the things like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, don't be afraid to have your own brand, man. Right. Like, and not everybody's gonna rock yeah. with your brand. Right. Like, yeah, not everyone's gonna die. Like, you gotta mm -hmm. be you at the end of the day because you're the only person you have to answer to. After all right. the text messages go away, all the mm -hmm. ESPN coverage, all mm -hmm. the autographs you sign, all mm -hmm. the gear, all the meals. After all that, you still gotta go to sleep yeah. that night and and look yourself in the mirror the next morning as a man and right. know what you're doing is exactly. something that you're willing to go yeah. through for the long term process, right. man. So. You happy at the end of the day. That's the main thing. That's the biggest piece, man. God got for you, got for you. Can't no man get in between that. For sure, that's, amen. That's for sure. Main, so. Yeah, man. That's like there's because there's plenty of people who get wrapped up in the yeah. in the glitz and the glamour, yeah. and it looks on the outside, yeah. it looks great. Like, oh, I wish it, I could switch places yeah. with that person, mm -hmm. but at night they're battling demons yeah. that you you'll never right. know about. They search for validation from other people. I ain't I ain't I don't really get caught up into that. Right. Um, you know, I'm always just make sure I'm good. I make sure I'm happy. You right. That's, that's the, the biggest, biggest piece, man. That's the yeah. biggest piece. Yeah. Um, so okay, so almost this is gonna be fun for me. Like yeah. I said, cause I'm hearing these stories for the first time mm -hmm. too, and some of these stories, like Kyle's heard some of these stories because, like I said earlier in the episode, they went to high school together. Mm -hmm. And don't let, don't be fooled, people. Kyle's playing the modest card. Kyle yeah. was a standout receiver like that in high school and, and had a great college, college career too. And we, you know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll, uh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? We might have to get Kyle his own episode. You know what I'm saying? Get Kyle his own episode and let him touch on his career because I say don't, don't be fooled. I'm the, I'm the the washed up dude interviewing everybody, man. These two yeah, guys yeah. right here, man, they, they they both had great careers. And Kyle was a standout receiver, state champion. Was like that in baseball too, though. <laughs> was a state champion in high school, man. But I'm gonna let y'all dive into maybe a couple stories and memories that y'all made in high school together on the field, man. Just to kind of go on the lighter side of things, mm -hmm. because I remember like when I was in high school, like 
we had one good year my junior year. I think we led the state offensively, like points per game. We had like mm-hmm. we went like ten and two, but that was our only year. We were a newer program. We had mm-hmm. some success, but y'all came out the gate guns blazing. Y'all had like a three. I think y'all had a three peat in high school. Yeah. All I'm gonna say is I know when I was in high school, Mallet Creek was that deal yeah, na- so. nationally. And I'm yeah. sure I don't know who all's tuned in, where you're from or whatnot. But being in Charlotte, North Carolina, yeah. whether you're into sports or not, you know who Mallet Creek High School is. Yeah. They got guys in the league. As you can see, we got one on now. They got guys who have been in the league, guys who are going to the league, and they got future guys who are going to the league and the big D1 schools. A lot of the guys y'all see on TV play on Saturdays from North Carolina are going to be from Mallory High School Definitely. for the most part. So I'm going I'm to I'm stop there. I'm going to let y'all dive into some stuff that y'all got, man. So, yeah, speaking of high school, I think the biggest memory, or the, the one that stands out the most, is uh, the Panthers 7-on-7, which was our senior year. Um, so if, 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 if you're not unfamiliar with that, um, so basically – I think it was maybe what 16 um, North and South Carolina teams get invited to a 707 played at the Panthers facility. Um, ultimately, the winner there goes on to represent the Panthers um, in a national tournament, which was in Indianapolis. Training camp or um, like the big stadium, like in like no, Bank of America. Yeah, downtown. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Um, so we ended up winning that, um, and the team ultimately took a trip to Indianapolis, which was one uh, was a pretty funny trip. Uh, so just speak on speak on some experience of that trip. Oh uh, boy. Uh, so man, the most fun I think the funniest funniest story on the trip is when we first get there and we all just waiting on our rooms, right? So we sitting in the lobby like all just chilling, like we just took a long flight, we all tired. Mm-hmm. And uh my boy Nafis, he played corner at uh, Charlotte right now. Shout, Shout out to Nafis. Feast. So we we all <laughs> if y'all know Feast, but y'all know he's funny. So <laughs> He's always late. Always late to something. Like, All he, the time. He's he just funny. So <laughs> we get we get to the lobby, and, um, you know, they had a little orientation or whatever when we first get there. And um, they give us the gear. Like, we get, like, book bags. We get our, our jerseys, like our shirts, our shorts, and all that stuff for the 707. And um, we're pretty much just waiting on them to call us, make see if our room already is ready. So um, we all just chilling, just lounging. Like, some of us going to sleep. Feet get up, he like, man, I gotta go to the bathroom. So he went to the bathroom, and I had texted him. He like, y'all still in there? I like, nah, bro, we in our rooms, bro. We on floor, like, we just gave him like a random floor, bro. <laughs> so he get on the elevator, and he type in the floor. But like, I don't know if y'all ever been to like a, a hotel that has those elevators where you need a key order to press a button. Yeah. <laughs> so he on with some other people, so like. He can't press no key, cause he like he can't press no button, cause he ain't got no key. <laughs> so he on the elevator, bro, trying to figure out how to like get off, but he can't get off. So he ended up getting stuck on the elevator, bro, for like two hours. <laughs> so he, <laughs> so we all sleep though. At this at this point, we all sleep. Like everybody on the team sleep. Nobody answering the phone. Ain't no. nobody answering the phone. He blow all of us oh. up. He finally get back to the lobby, and we looking at our phones, and he and he's walking in there. We all looking at our phones and stuff. He's like, dang, bro. Like, what's up, you all Like, y'all, y'all lied to me, brother. I was stuck on the elevator for like two, three hours, bro. But bro, ain't talked to us for the rest of the night, bro. So we come real the next, talk, the next, talk. the next, the next day, bro. First get the first game, bro. He had like a pick. Bro had like damn near ten picks that whole seven on seven trip. Bro. It was hot. It was, yeah, it was yeah, in that mode. Yeah. But yeah, man, that was the funniest story I think throughout that whole. Throughout the whole seven on seven, bro. That was mm-hmm. a good time, story. bro. Yep. That's one. That's just one story, though. Like we got ample stories, bro. Mm-hmm. Like ample memories. Right. Um. What other memories you got, bro? Um. Speak on. Speak on that team meeting. I think it was our room. 
it was I, I can't remember who my roommate was. Well, uh, we were all we were everybody was sitting on the bed. Oh, with uh, Coach Palmer. Yeah. All right, so. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so this is the first night Coach Palmer he, he chopping it up with us, pretty much just letting them, letting us know the itinerary was gonna be like for the next day. Like yeah, we got what's the name first game, make sure y'all up by this time. Like where where the black jerseys first? We want black jerseys first. Real serious meetings. Like, that was what I was like, because I know I don't know him personally. I've real, met him a couple times. He's a real no yeah, nonsense yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a real no right. nonsense type of guy. Italian dude, so you know you got a little accent going on. <laughs> so he talking to us right. And uh, we pretty much tired. Like, we, we like, all right, Coach, we ain't really trying to hear what you're saying right now. Like, really, just let us know what time we get up, and right. we're going to get up, and we're going to be ready to go. So, so bro hit us with the, um, yeah, we got this. We got the itinerary for this and that. And we all just like, all right, now. So, bro, Coach leaving the room. I ain't going to say who, but one of the players was like, all right, get the F out. <laughs> get the F out. Like, on some funny type stuff, though, like, get the F out. <laughs> so we all, but ain't nobody Mommy, really the here. Whole, the whole team is the there. It's, team like, it's, quiet, like, it's like 14 of us all in one room. So you don't know who said it. You know what so I mean? you don't know who said it. But like, he he hear it. <laughs> so, so he walk out the room, but like 30 minutes later, he come back with the other coach, Coach Cox. He was like, I don't know if I'm tripping. <laughs> but I think one of you mother efforts said, get the F out. <laughs> and we all like. No, who said that? Like, what you talking about? Like, what you mean? Like, you tripping? Right. But mind, we all know who said it though. Mm -hmm. That's why we was tweaking. We were just laughing. He's like, man, if y'all know him, but he is no nonsense type of guy. Like, he'll he'll really like shut everything down. Like, man, we'll go home. Like, everybody go home. But yeah, bro, that that moment right there, bro, blew up. He was red. It was all good though, bro, because you came out the next day and was just pretty much just smacking everybody, bro. Right, yeah. right. You know what sure. There's always that one guy yeah. during the team meetings that yeah. is always yeah. doing something that shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Always. Um. All right. So, everybody, we we talked about all the successful moments that you've had and uh, everything, and you know, I think a big thing like fans come to the games early, like to see the players warm up and stuff, and y'all yeah. come out, you know, with your little dry, Nike dry fits on mm -hmm. and. All your little swag on, and you got your, you know, you know, your Beats or your AirPods, or whatever it is you want to, you know, listen to mm -hmm. when you're when you're on the field warming up. So when Amari Henderson gets prepared for the games, man, when you're out there vibing, what's what's coming through your headphones, man? What's the pregame playlist looking like? Yeah, okay. I know. For me, I play, you know, some Kodak. I listen to that old Kodak. I listen to some T. Keith. You know, get me going. I listen to some Young Boy. That Young Boy gonna get you going too. Always. Um. I listen to some raw wave too, man. Raw wave, man. Um, especially my senior year, uh, I was listening to a lot of raw wave. Um, Major Nine, listen to him. Uh, some Young Thug, some Gunna. Okay. You know, uh, who else? That's that's mainly who I, I, I listen to, man. You know, pregame get me hyped for the most part. That's that's who I listen to. But yeah, man. Yeah, that's key. I mean, you got to do yeah. what you got to do to get in your zone. Yeah. Like, whatever it is you got to do. Like, I know for, for baseball, like, for me, baseball players, I mean, we have our own, like, pregame playlist. Mm -hmm. just on a player-to-player -player basis. But we have our own ritual. Like, mm -hmm. in between, like, pitches, like, sometimes you'll see batters will take a pitch, they'll swing at a pitch, and they step out the box and do the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. So that mental preparation feed into yeah. your playlist. But I was just I was just curious to see, yeah. man, what's coming through your headphones. Because you never know. Like, yeah. somebody could be out there, like, really nodding their head and be listening yeah. to – Billy Ray Cyrus, yeah. right now. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You never know, yeah. so it just depends on what player. Like, like um, in practices, I usually listen like R&B, man. I usually listen like to some 
to some smooth stuff because it'd be early in the morning. We used to practice real early. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna really listen to like no, no, no loud stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? Crunk stuff. I wasn't really right. trying to listen to nothing like that. I was trying to just you know get my mind right, kind of find that sense, man, to get get ready for practice, prepare my mind for practice because. It's early, man. I'm still trying to wake up. You know what I'm saying? So I was, I was playing like some some smooth stuff, man. Some hard, I, my, I used to listen to uh, Drake, Western Road Flows. Okay. Every every morning, I used to listen to that, man. So. Gotcha. That's one of the songs I used to listen to before practice. Yeah, that, that was early morning workouts, man. Yeah. I know Kyle, you know too. That trap music is not yeah, what you're trying yeah, to hear. It's yeah, five man, o'clock in the morning. Trap, yeah. That's that. That's really what I listen to for real, for real. Like some smooth stuff. Like I don't really listen to a lot of, you know real rap music all the time because i don't really be in the mood to listen to all that stuff all the time like i listen to it don't get me wrong but for the most part i listen to some to some smooth stuff to some you know something i can really just vibe to and just chill to right for sure sure. yeah um so we're going to uh bench cut start so i'm gonna give you three um are the best DBs in the NFL um, that are retired, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first, let's start off. I think we established this year. Your favorite DB all time, who was that? Primetime, man. Right. Okay. Okay. So we're not going to throw him in here. Yeah, Dion, um, Neon. For yeah. sure. For sure. Um, so, so like I said, bench cut, start. You got to bench one. You got to start one. You got to cut one, okay? Mm-hmm. We got Darrell Revis. Mm-hmm. We got Rob Woodson. Mm-hmm. And Champ, baby. Take your time. Shout out Rob Woodson, man. He, he was my... My coach at the NFLPA bowl game, man. Chopped it up, had some good conversations with him. But first and foremost, man, I'm gonna start Del Reeves, man. I think he, you know, he top three when it comes to playing corner. But man, mm. you watch that dude, bro. He literally shut down his whole side, bro. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, yeah. like, it wasn't no 64, like it wasn't no 60-40 safety leaning to his side. The safety was leaning to the other side, bro. Mm-hmm. It was, if he was getting beat, bro, he was gonna get beat, but right. Darryl Rivers, bro, he was usually one of them guys, bro. He's always in position, bro. Every time I watch him, bro, he's always right there near the ball, bro. So I'm definitely starting him. Um, I'm a bench, I'm a bench Rod Woodson, bro, because um, he can play corner and safety. And if y'all don't know, bro, he like top three in NFL history in interceptions, bro. Like, mm-hmm. bro is a phenomenal ball, you know what I'm saying? Plus. I'm being kind of biased too. I met him, chopped it up with him at the NFLPA mm-hmm. game, but I had to uh, cut Champ, man. But Champ was a dog too, though. Yeah, bro. Champ like, certified. That one year, man, he had like ten picks, bro. Like you know, he was a ball too. He was crazy, you know. Um, I think I think he wore number four too when he played for in college when he played for Georgia. Um, but yeah, man, he was a dog, man. Um, but yeah, I start Dale Reeves, I bench Rod Wilson, and I, I have to cut uh, Champ though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, next question. So in college, you've played obviously in the ACC. A lot of talent to come out of the ACC. Um, mm-hmm. Who's the best player you played against? Uh, we played against with Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. Um, everybody's come out of Clemson. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, who's the best player you played against? And like, were you were you starstruck? Who's that player? Where it's like, okay, what is boy Cole? Like he's he's like that. You know what I mean? Who's the best player you played? Against? Yeah. Um, man. I had to give it to to Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. It's like kind of a tie with them, man, because you know Deshaun Watson, man, he he was just a dog, bro. Cold blooded. Like he was he was a dog, dude. Mm-hmm. Just you know, then the team he had, bro, it was just crazy, bro. That that team he had, man. You know, you know just to go against that 
type of caliber player, man, and just mm-hmm. to see it firsthand, like be on the field. And it was just like, oh, bro, this dude is, is crazy. Oh, but man. <laughs> on the other hand, man, Lamar, bro, man, that's a, a walking highlight film, <laughs> bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we had Reggie Bush, you know what I'm saying? Watching, like, we watched Reggie Bush growing up, you know what I'm saying? That was our dude, like, Reggie Bush, Tavon Austin. He was like, anytime he touched the ball, you know what I'm saying? He knew he was going to do something. We, we all knew he was going to do something special right. with the ball. Not Lamar, bro. Every time we seen him touch the ball, like, we, we knew he was going to probably do something with the ball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, bro, just a freaky athlete, bro. Like, he, mm-hmm. like, he, he crazy fast, he quick, <laughs> and he can, he can throw. Like, he can throw. A lot of people, a lot of people, like, coming out of college, but when he was coming out of college, a lot of people was like, bro, can he throw? I'm like, bro, bro can throw. Like, right. y'all don't, don't get you know what I'm saying? Don't get it twisted, bro. Like, bro can throw the ball. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, y'all see him running, do all this crazy stuff, but bro can, bro can throw the ball. And he right. proved that this year, obviously, you know, being, you know, one of the top players in the league this year. And, you know, Deshaun Watson, too, man. He, he's a freaky athlete, too, because obviously we all know he can throw, but he can he can make some things shake with his legs, too. So, so yeah, bro, them, them two players, definitely the best two players I, I played against in college. So when y'all played Louisville, um, as a corner, which you'd be on the defensive side of the ball, obviously, and then being a mm-hmm. secondary, was it when y'all had – if you don't remember, it's okay, but mm-hmm. when y'all did film study that week, was your DB coach like, look, look like, I mean, focus on, like, your zones and your mm-hmm. receivers, but yeah. be ready to make a play if Lamar takes off. Like, was that a big emphasis that yeah, week, that or was, was it just was, as usual? Uh, it was really a big emphasis on um, the D-line, for real, for real. Like, you know, the whole coaching plan for, for that week whenever we played, you know, Louisville – Pretty much like the D line, like you get up there, but don't do nothing crazy where you put yourself out of position. Like if Lamar do break out the pocket type stuff, like for us, our our job as DBs, of course, is make sure you know we guard our man because you know obviously he can make plays mobile, like he can run out the pocket, but you don't want to run up too quick because he can still throw the ball deep. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. He had he had some pretty good receivers too, like he had some athletes on the outside to help him out. So um, but yeah, nah. I mean, we didn't really have to worry. I didn't have to worry about Lamar Jackson, like, having running after him. And my main thing, man, is just pretty much guard my guard my, my dude, man, just the receivers. Right, Yeah. right. All right, so, you know, y'all report early to camp mm-hmm. um, during the summer and whatnot. And I know camp days are long and whatnot. You have free time. You jump mm-hmm. on the game system, man. Xbox or PS4? First and foremost, man, I ain't playing no game during no count. Bro. Like, <laughs> sleep, bro. Like, if you right. practice and means, bro, I'm trying to squeeze in some naps. But, man, I'm playing that P4, man. Okay. I'm a real PS4 dude. But, um, I know I had, at first I had, I mean, at first I had a PS2 growing up. I had Xbox 360. Everybody had that. Had the Xbox One, bro. But I, when I came to wake, man, everybody had PS4. I was like, bro, y'all, y'all say y'all good in 2K and all this stuff, bro. I'm about to switch over to the PS4. Once I did that, bro, I ain't never looked back. Right. I still, I still got some of the homies. I look, bro, get back on the Xbox, bro. Be seeing you on 2K on, on the park. Be seeing <laughs> you on Fortnite, and you know what I'm saying. This before all crossplay stuff. Now, like you can, you can play Fortnite and, and Call of Duty with each other, like no matter what kind of system you got. But right, man, yeah, bro, I got the PS4, man. Y'all gonna add me on the P4, A4. Then dash him, man. Add me on that. We can get active on that park. Fortnite. I ain't got Call of Duty, bro, because it, it take too much storage, bro. I can't even download <laughs> on the P4, but y'all can add me, man. A4 Dash Hen, man. Y'all, y'all tune in, man. We can link up, get on the park, man, and, and run it up. 
All right, man. Well, like I said, we appreciate you coming on, man. We're going to wrap things up. But before we do, I just wanted to uh, give you the opportunity to, you know, give your final takeaway and or message to the people aspiring to, to, achieve, their dream, uh, to achieve their dreams out there, man. There's a lot of people right now that are in all kinds of phases of achieving their dreams. Yeah. Some people are on the brink of greatness. Some people are already in their destiny. Some people are, mm-hmm. you know, grinding right now. Some people are in the holes. Some people are yeah. doubting themselves right now. So what's your final, you know, message Right. Uh, for this for this entire episode, man. So, man, my final message, man, is whatever you're doing, man, just, just take it serious. Um, just make sure you're taking whatever you're doing serious and make sure you dedicate enough time to your craft, like perfect your craft, whatever you're doing. Uh, make sure you're doing it with, with a plan. Have a plan with, with what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, like um, somebody, my coach told me successful people leave clues. Successful people have routines, man. So make sure you have a routine on what you're doing. Um, you know, don't be lazy. Don't get complacent. And uh, just be serious about, about your about your work, about your craft, man. And that's pretty much just my last thing, man, because <clears throat> things going to get hard. But obviously, if you're serious about it and you love it and you got passion about it, it don't matter how hard it's going to get. You're going to find a way to make things shape at the end of the day. So that's something y'all can take away, man. And is used with whatever you whatever you're going through whatever you put your mind to if you're serious about it man you're gonna make something happen right right well you know again from you know from everyone here kyle and i you know we thank you so much for coming on man for our first episode man man. yeah this was definitely a good a good time good conversation man this was great um like i said i appreciate you coming on um Best of luck to you, you know, going off to camp here soon. And, you know, you know, we're going to be rooting for you, hitting you up. You know, yeah. if we can sneak out there, if this whole, you know, coronavirus thing dies down, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll sneak out there and everything. But, um, uh, you know, it, it's awesome having someone local come back. And a lot of people normally blow up and mm-hmm. it's and they, you know, lose sight of who they are, lose right. sight of everyone that was supporting them or who they were cool with before. But, you know, we, we can't say that about you. And that's a that's a great thing to say. But um, for everybody listening, man, follow us. On Instagram at the Mental Vitamins Pod. Um, I know Kyle and I's handles for uh, Instagram are on in the bio as well. And Amari, where can they follow you in your journey at, man? Follow me on Instagram at a4hen. Then you can follow me on Twitter at a4 underscore hen. That's where I'm at with it, man. And um, there's one more thing, man. My dog Kyle got these uh these little like, pants on. We're we gonna let him slide. We're gonna let him slide. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that about does it, man. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you, everyone who's listening. Um, give us a five-star rating. You know, subscribe and you know, gotcha, shoot any gotcha. feedback under there that you have for us. We definitely look at it and we appreciate it. And uh, until next time. Yes, sir. If you made it this far, I appreciate you listening to this episode. If you liked it, be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at the Mental Vitamins Pod. Leave a comment, rate, and shoot me an email at thementalvitaminspod at gmail.com. Tell us what you want to hear on the next episode. Now go out and crush your goals. Until next time, peace.